And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's marvelous, monumental, most fascinating, massively mind-bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds as one and draw closer to the King of Kings and glorify his name. First in all this... So beyond the pale, Job went through more than most of us can dream of, but he did not sin, yet he did not blame God. In truth, he never blamed God. That's the key to understanding Job. Job didn't blame God, but he didn't justify God either. In fact... His sin is that in Job 32.2, it says that Job justified himself. But Elihu, the son of Barakal of the Buzite uh, of the family of Ram, became very angry with Job for justifying himself rather than God. I want you to see that difference. There's a difference between blaming God and then justifying ourselves. Okay, next, in chapter 2, we have a repeat of chapter 1. Now, why is this significant? It helps us understand repeat trials, for one. We see the same stuff in a loop. And there's always a new kernel of illumination to be gained, just like when we encounter repeat trials. There's always a new little nugget that the Lord reveals to us so we can draw closer to him and to know God better. And finally, mega point number two, Satan doesn't change his attacks. He just keeps on attacking. He tries to quit Job again. In reality, he already lost the first challenge. Job did not curse God to his face. A stark reality is that none of this questions God or Satan or the people in the process. The only time the enemy wins outright is when he deceives people into thinking that there's none of this stuff taking place. That's why we pray, Lord, please open up our eyes. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oy vey. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us live during the show, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us live during the show. Now, the thing about this is when you call 972-445-0770, something cool happens. I'll tell you about it in just a second. Because when you call 972-445-0770, you will be talking to Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right because you are talking to kid a Dynamite. Dynamite. 
That's right. And let me tell you what that's like. That's like having your home that was filled with lots of people all of a sudden not have as many people. And you understand what the concept of peace and quiet is all again. And you are like, praise the Lord. Okay. Praise the Lord. That's what happens when you're talking to D. I just want you to get that feeling going. Okay, here's the bottom line. Bottom line is maybe you've got a praise report. Maybe you've got a prayer request. Maybe you've got something to share. I really like what Annika said the other day. Just, you know, open it up to share. If you're uncomfortable, we get it. And we want you to be able to share. And you can do that through the website. But we want you to be able to share and to tell people what you're going through. You don't have to have a perfect radio voice. Look at me. I have a terrible radio voice. I just, I'm just annoying. And I just won't quit. That's the advantage. So the bottom line for you is if you want to share, do so. If it's a praise report, great. If it's a prayer request, great. Let's, as your brothers and sisters, join together in it, hear what's going on, share those burdens, share those victories, and bless one another through the process. That's what we're looking to do. So you can either call us. You can either text us. You can either email us. You can do any of those things. You can also answer trivia if you want to. Who said... To God, am I my brother's keeper? Now, my brother did say this to my parents regarding me, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about biblical references. Who said, am I my brother's keeper? Oh, pow, pow, for Joy, Ann, and Cordelia. Nice job, ladies. Uh, bottom line is you can reach out to us by calling 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. So I'm going to do a prayer for the audience and why we do that is because uh, just like I need prayer, you need prayer. <laughs> watch, watch the wisdom of this. I pray for you, and guess what I'm doing? I'm setting it up so people are praying for me. <laughs> you think? Well, in a way, it's like selfish. Yeah, I guess in a way, sure. All right, here's a, let's do this. Let's pray for one another real quickly. Let's come together before the Lord. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. We magnify you. You are awesome. You are better than awesome. You are worthy to be praised, and we could never say thank you enough, and we recognize that. And before you, Lord, we humble ourselves, we just worship you, we just acknowledge you. And Lord, as, a, as brothers and sisters, under you as our Father, the prayer for our audience and for our people is that we would be encouraged in the faith. Encourage us in the faith. Give us courage in the faith. Lift us up. Some of us are really down. And it's been really hard. And it's been one thing after another after another. And we are just asking you to raise us up and put our feet upon a rock and put a new song in our hearts that we might give you glory and honor and praise. Encourage us in the faith. Be with us, your kids. Nothing is better than having more of you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, so uh, praying that prayer for everybody once more real quickly on the trivia, and then we'll fire off into the teaching. And if I'm forgetting something, oh, well. Uh, who asks, am I my brother's keeper? <laughs> now, we don't know how that was asked, but I suspect it was uh, <clears throat> somewhat defensively. <laughs> 
would be my response. If you think you know, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, David, at hemustincrease.org. We are now entering territory that many of you will forever really think a little less of me. Well, why is that? Because what I'm about to say is so true, and it's something that I've been working on for years, and I'm just telling you what the reality is, and it's like you come into this whole thing. <clears throat> we are in the last verse of Job 1 and getting ready to go into Job 2, but I want you to catch what's being said in the last verse of Job 1. In all this, he did not sin by blaming God. So if anybody had a reason to be uh, less than praiseful, you could say it could be Job. He had all of his business, all of his industry destroyed. There's all the people that worked for him were killed. Then finally it's his kids that are killed. And uh, his his seven sons, his three daughters, they're killed. And it's just like it's a mess. It's just horrible. And so he stands up, he goes through his kind of his grief processes, and then he says, the Lord has given everything, and the Lord has taken away. Praise the name of the Lord. King James, I think, will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. The idea behind the process is in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the trial. Because we don't know everything, the job is to acknowledge God as God. He's the one that granted us life. You might not like everything that happens in your life, but you are certainly not entitled to life. He gave it to you as a gift. Every breath you've ever taken is has been a gift from God, but that's not even the key component. The key component is the last verse. In all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God. Now, we're going to find out in chapter 3 through chapter 31, he he surely does a lot of complaining. <laughs> For those that are just being dishonest, Job goes back to, I cursed the day I was born. I cursed the day the man came in and said, look, it's a boy. I mean, he just goes after that, right? But he didn't blame God for what he went through. But he still entered into the realm of sin. So how do you enter into the realm of sin and uh, and and not do that? Here's how. Job's sin was that he justified himself. When we come before the Lord and we, whether we understand what's going on or not, which I don't understand everything that goes on in my Christian walk, the issue is not do we blame God? The issue is do we justify ourselves or do we justify God? In other words, do we justify ourselves and say, you know, well, it's not God's fault, but look at my life. I've done good. I've been good. I've been a good boy. I've been a good girl. That's self-justification, thinking that what you're going through, you really shouldn't be going through that, especially in lieu of all the other people who've done a whole lot worse. That's self-justification. That's not blaming God. You're justifying yourself. There's a substantial difference between justifying oneself and blaming God. You're saying, I'm so good I shouldn't go through this. God is a very specific response. Nobody's that good. <laughs> Just so you can know before you go down the road. We need to justify God if our faith in God is genuine, not justify ourselves. I know that's hard to hear. 
But do you really, now watch this, do you really have faith that God has your best interests in mind? Do you really believe that he loves you? Do you really believe he's for you? Do you really believe that he's orchestrated your life in such a way as to declare his gracefulness in your life, even if you've had to go through the fire or the deep water or get up out of the mire, whatever the case may be, do you really believe that God loves you? And then we would justify him and not ourselves. Okay? All right. By the way, the answer, I think most people will know, who said, am I my brother's keeper? That was Cain. How long did he say that for? As long as he was able to get it. Our, 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 our little joke. Okay. All right. We'll take our break, and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Have you ever wanted to get involved with a ministry that promotes Jesus Christ as Lord, but just don't know how? Serving in ministry is a matter of devotion, time, and talent. Are you looking for a place to try and test the waters? Do you want to get involved? Come join the Ambassadors Initiative. Be an ambassador for the David Spoon Experience. It doesn't pay great. Actually, it doesn't pay anything. But the eternal benefits are out of this world. Be a representative. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Well, we hope not anyway. You don't need to be a professionally qualified minister. You need to have a pulse. By that, we mean you need to have a heart. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry. No parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. The David Spoon Experience. Again, Dr. Robert Jeffress. Doctor, are you there with us? I'm here with you, David. Uh, I'm so glad that you're here. I got to ask you this question. I'm, 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 you know, I, I get a little fiery, especially when uh, Christians are being accused of things that are uh, false, and that happens all the time, especially in the media. And I think you're, if you remember our very first time we ever talked, I told you how impressed I was with you that you were able to keep your uh, spirit steady. <laughs> well, I appreciate that so much. You're a good friend. Uh, I, I appreciate that. Here's the thing that drives me absolutely batty, which is where I need your help now. Uh, I understand this uh, situation with uh, with Tim Tebow. He was going to do a dedication for you. He got a lot of pressure, apparently, from the media. The media accused you of being uh, uh, homophobic and anti-Semitic, which for me, I mean— it was, it was, I guess when I first heard it, I was overwhelmed. First of all, anti-Semitic is a person who discriminates against or is prejudiced or hostile towards Jews. You've been on my show. Now, this is three time, and I'm as Jewish as they come. Yeah, well, David, I mean, the charge of anti-Semitic comes from saying that everyone, including Jews, must trust in Christ in order to go to heaven. Uh, that is hardly anti-Semitic. In fact, I have a Jewish friend in New York who called me this week. She's not a Christian, but she said, I don't understand all of this, said, I don't believe 
believe in the New Testament, but you do. You're simply saying what the New Testament says. And, you know, David, we've said before, you know, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And I remind people, Jesus was not a Southern Baptist evangelist. He was a Jewish rabbi. And yet you look at what he said, what the Apostle Paul said, the Apostle Peter. Here are the three most prominent men of the New Testament, every one of them a devout Jew, and yet they said there's one way to God, and that's through faith in Christ. That is not anti-Semitic. If Jesus Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMN 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're getting ready to do our next trivia question. We're going to play the horn for this, and I want you to know why. Because <clears throat> it's not that it's sneaky, but it's a little sneaky. <laughs> so, therefore, it's the horn because uh, I just want you to be aware of it. So let's get ready. Let's go ahead and play that warning sound first. <laughs> like our new horn sound? <laughs> That's pretty good, isn't it? All right, here is your trivia question. Oh, it's cute. Uh, which woman had no mother or father? Which woman in the Bible had no mother or father? Uh, actually, you guys should get that right away, but that's not the point. The uh, Joanna Gordia. Boy, oh boy. Pow, 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 all day. Uh, 972-445-0770. By the way, ladies, the brownies did not make it very long. Uh, you can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. It's a straightforward question. Which woman had no mother and no father? Okay. If you don't, uh, we do have somebody calling in. I was going to say, if you have a hard time getting it, we'll give you the ultimate hint, but we'll, we'll leave it there. Okay. I'm drinking my tea here. Uh, Don brought me some new tea. I'm getting a lot of tea uh, references, so that's good. Uh, Somebody is ready to answer the trivia question. It's a classic. Here we go. And send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Uh, Happy Monday, David. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. You know, I, it's actually funny because I, I have a little bit of like a sinusy. It probably sounds that way, but it's in the throat and in the face. And so it's like, I was like, man, I hope I can get through the show today. And uh, But so far, the Lord's given me a lot of grace. So I feel better about that, really. But I appreciate you asking, Deborah, because that's, that's important. You sound, you sound a little clear to me. Okay. Well, that's, see, that's see how nice you are. That's nice of you to say that. Okay. Because cause otherwise you'd be like, you sound like rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. This is not a hard one, but you still people have to think about it, so we'll, we'll give them that. Which woman had no mother or father? Well, I thought it was Eve. That is correct, Amanda! <laughs> <laughs> And as Mark Twain said, and I love this one, uh, also she uh, missed out on teething. (laughs) That's funny, funny too, yeah. Excellent job, Arunda. How are you feeling, by the way? How are you doing? I'm feeling good, but I was wondering if you could pray for 
myself and for Susie, because we both are having kind of anger issues, and we we were wondering if you could please pray for us to get through that. What kind of issues? What were they, Deborah? Anger, anger, anger. anger. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Let's let's do it. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Okay. Okay. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you. We praise you for our sister. She's fantastic, Lord. She's wonderful, a great sister in the kingdom of God. We're blessed to have her a part of our lives. And we are asking you to bless her and Susie. And we all understand, Lord, that sometimes the frustration of something, the disappointment of something, it's easy to get into that and and to be mad about it, Lord, and just to have a lot of anger and, and disappointment with it. But one of your teachings that you guide us through is to have a gentleness of spirit through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we we need to have that going on so that our anger is not just unchecked. It's not that there's not righteous anger, Lord, but sometimes it can get the best of us. So, Lord, help us to have a limit on that, that the sun might not go down on our anger, that we might not stay angry. And I pray for both Susie and for Deborah that you would bless them and give them in its place a sense of cheerfulness and a sense of gentleness that come from you, and they would extend that to the places that it needs to be extended to. We lift them up before you. We trust you for it. We we look forward to hearing about the advancements that that as they reflect you more and more, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you so much, David. You got it. You know it. My privilege. (laughs) All right. God bless. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Great job, Deborah. It's always great to have people. You know, we have cool people. What's wrong with that? It's cool to have cool people. (laughs) I think. I still have a joke. It's not the best joke, but, you know, you'll have to give me what you think. All right. Uh, a man is walking along when suddenly he gets his foot caught stuck in some railroad tracks. He tried to get it out, but it was really stuck in their well. He heard a noise and turned around and he saw a train coming. He panicked and started to pray, God, please get my foot out of these tracks. I'll even stop drinking. Nothing happened. It was still stuck and the train was getting closer. He prayed again, please, God, get my foot out. I'll stop drinking and I'll stop swearing. Still nothing. The train was just seconds away. One last time he said, Lord, if you get my foot out of the tracks, I'll stop drinking. I'll stop swearing. I'll stop smoking. I'll do a lot better. Suddenly his foot shot out of the tracks and he was able to drive up out of the way and he got past the train and then he got up and dusted himself off and he looked to heaven and he said, thanks anyway, God, I got myself out. Ain't that that just like people? (laughs) I'll never do this again. I'll never do this again. I'll never do this again. Thank you. Okay, I got it. That's that's people. All right. All right, let me uh, get to this next part of this teaching. Yes, that's funny. If you don't think it's funny, you're you're spending too much time watching TV. That's That's my answer. Uh, Job chapter 2, verse 1. One day the angels came again to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan the accuser was with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been going back and forth across the earth, watching everything that's going on. 
And then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and will have nothing to do with evil. And he has maintained his integrity, even though you persuaded me to harm him, without cause. So let's just get this real fast, okay? The repeat of the scene, the repeat it's the same scene as chapter one. If you're if you're not you know kind of catching on that, if you didn't hear the beginning part, if you go read Job one and then you go read this in Job two, you're going to be like, well, that's like the same thing. Yep. A couple of things that are important to recognize: Satan's name did not change. Satan is still the accuser of the brethren. Okay, this is not just him accusing brethren, but what other brothers accuse other brothers. Got to be careful about that, making sure that we're not getting caught up in accusation land. That's a dangerous place to be. And then the Lord, obviously in victory, you, you're, you and I are going to be thinking, wait a second. God brags about Job. Job loses his business, his industry, his workers, and his kids. And now scene two is another, it's a kind of a repeat from scene one, but now God is bragging even more about Job. Yeah, there's Job. There he is. That guy's wonderful. Even though you moved me against him without any real reason, standing right there, standing upright. Now, all of us on our side of this would think, that guy went through so much. But in the heavenlies, God is like going, look how good this guy is. Look at him. He's shining. Remember, he didn't blame God. He didn't, he didn't curse God. Satan already lost this, this first part of the, the, the engagement, because Job didn't fold. He was steadfast. And in that moment, the Lord was bringing it right back up into Satan's face. And why I bring this up is because this is in holy writ for you and I to understand that there's conflicts, cosmic conflicts going on that we do not see. You know that passage in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, where it talks about that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood? There's stuff going on we don't even know. And there God is bragging. What if God was bragging about you in your trial? What if he was just, have you considered my servants? Look what they're doing. They're standing firm. Things have gone a mess. They're trusting in me. Listen to the power of God acknowledging his kids, standing firm. That's powerful. The things that we see around us are not always what is going on around us. They are simply in the flesh what is knowable. But there are other things in the spirit that are much more deep, much more profound, and much more important. Ooh. Take our break and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Since the dawn of the internet, people have been looking for a website they can be proud of without costing an arm or a leg. 
People want a quality website to promote their ministry, business, hobby, or passion. Introducing Cowpunch Sites. Cowpunch Sites can help you create and maintain a quality website. From design to security, Cowpunch does it all. Cowpunch is a family-owned and operated business, taking a fresh approach to business. Lots of clients at lower prices. Make mom happy. The most significant benefit of working with Cowpunch Sites is that you work with real people, not cheesy templates. No outsourcing. It's $57 a month, and there's no setup fee and no cancellation fees. When you go to cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's me. Oh, did I mention that it's $57 a month? Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull. Um, Dave, this is a nice radio station. Oops, sorry. That's Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull-oney. There, that's better. Cowpunchsites.com slash dad. The David Spoon Experience. So in this position, I have the opportunity to interview people and have so for the last five years from all across the range of Christianity, uh, from from authors and from actors and musicians. We are about to have an opportunity we've never had on this show. We actually have Lee Strobel on the phone with us. It was 19 years ago, I believe, this September 1st, where his book came out, The Case for Christ. If you're Jewish like I am and then became a Christian, that was when you went, oy vey. This book was a life changer for many, and now it's a movie. Lee, are you there on the phone with us? I am, David. How you doing, my friend? I am doing fantastic. Thrilled to have you on the show. It's Thank my you. privilege. I'm just, I just we got to start. I know they give you a list of questions just so you can know, Lee. I never use them. So, uh, Good for you. <laughs> it's like, come on. I want to tell you, we're brothers here Absolutely. in the Lord. Talk to me. First of all, you wrote this book, The Case for Christ. Let's first talk about the writing of the book, and then we'll talk about that connection to the movie. Why did you write this book? Well, I didn't start out to to do that. I mean, um, I was an atheist. My wife became a Christian. So in order to try to rescue her from this Christian cult, I uh, decided to use my journalism training and legal training and uh, disprove Christianity to um, show that the resurrection never really happened. Uh, of course, I ended up coming to the opposite conclusion and ended up coming to faith. But I, I, I did this investigation for my own edification, for my own education, not because I wanted to write a book. And then it was actually later my wife said to me, hey, you ought to write a book about that. I said, really? And she said, sure. So uh, that's how the book came about. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're getting ready for our next trivia question, and then along with that is our history, and along with that is some more teaching, and along with that is some more other stuff because we like doing all that stuff. Here we go. Who, now you got to be listening to the question. You guys know this answer. You know this. But listen to the question. Whose husband, okay, get those first two words, whose husband sold a field and pretended to give all the proceeds to the apostles? Whose husband, 
whose husband sold a field and pretended to give all the proceeds to the apostles. If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. You can also send uh, an email, david, at hemusincrease.org. Of course, we do have somebody who's going to grab that phone. We're going to probably have them hang on because I am going to send you up to the website, and that's important for us to do. We need to <clears throat> remind you that our website is the place for the giving. So we'll first we'll send you the website, then we'll take the caller. So here's what we're going to do on the website. I want you to remember when you go to the website that giving is really, 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 really helpful. <laughs> Can I say it any different than that? Really, 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 really helpful for you to give. Please go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? version <laughs> it's because they played at the same time is it isn't that what that happened because you hit the one and hit the other let's try it one more time try it again try it again see what it does here we go see we're having fun yeah all right i'd stop it <laughs> okay so here i'll do it for you he must increase.org that's he must increase.org he must increase.org achoo obviously a cough <laughs> Right? Or Donald Duck sneezing. Ready? <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> did you like that? That's a pretty good one. I right. can't believe you did that. Uh, so what? You'll live. All right. Let's send the person through. Here we go. Uh, somebody ready to answer the trivia question. Send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Knock, knock. <laughs> this is David. Who am I talking to? Hold on. Hold on. We're trying to get them in. Let's try it again. You guys have to love this. This is what we love about live radio. Knock, knock. This is David. Oh, nope. I guess that went the wrong direction. All right. So you can call back in. The trivia question was, now listen to the question because some people already got that wrong. Whose husband? So then we're looking for the name of the wife whose husband sold a field and pretended to give all the proceeds to the apostles. See? See that? See? So we're looking for the wife because we're asking about whose husband. See? See? And now that person's calling back in, and we'll see if we can get them. Uh, I think we're trying to get them. If he gives me the thumbs up, we have them. If he gives me the thumbs down, we don't have them. Uh, still not working. Okay. So we're not going to be able to do that. All right. So we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to that and see what happens. That's okay. That's just part of it. All right. In the meantime, we do have our history. So let's roll with the history. See, Dynamite D gets the opportunity to learn. Dave, Dave doesn't care. That's, those aren't the things I care about. <laughs> They're not. All right, let's do the history, and then we'll have this person hold on and see if he can make that uh, combination work. In theory, today is uh, National Angel Food Cake Day. I'm a big supporter of that. Okay, so uh, Angel Food Cake, I love that. Uh, today is Thanksgiving Day in Canada. <laughs> 
<laughs> I got nothing there. Uh, again, National Cake Decorating Day. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on there. It's National Love Your Hair Day. I don't have any hair. That's why I love it. See? One bottle of shampoo lasts me two years. Uh, for those that don't know, 1948, Candid Camera. Candid Camera. Make their uh, debut. And then uh, for those, again, who do not know, 1979, on this day, Pac-Man was first released. Pac-Man! Think about that. That's just like forever ago. And then I'll I'll, I'll close with this because I've been there. Uh, 1971, the London Bridge opened in Lake Havasu City, Arizona, after being sold, taken apart, shipped, and rebuilt. I stayed at the Queens Bay in there. So it's like right next to the London Bridge. I just happen to know that. All right, let's have the person uh, push on through. Let's go ahead and have them answer. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello? Knock, knock. Okay, we got to push the button. Knock, knock. Do we got to push anything? No, there you are. Who am I talking to? Nope. <laughs> we're we're having we're having big we're having we've had major troubles hey, on our phones today. So no, nobody should be surprised. That's okay. All right, we're just gonna have to bypass on that one because I can't uh, see if they can figure it out. Okay, so in the meantime, uh, that was our history. I just want everybody to know the history uh, so you can be aware of it. Uh, the trivia question again: Whose husband sold the field and pretended to give all the proceeds to the apostles? So we're looking for the wife's name for those that are trying to figure it out. And that would be 972-445-0770 to call 214-210-8483 to text. And David at hemustincrease.org. That would be the email. Let's go back into this text and we'll just wait and see what we can come up with. Don't worry about it. It's okay. See, I want I want Dynamite D to get it because it's like this, this life. <laughs> Such is life. Get it? <laughs> That's, that's just part of it. Okay, let's go back to this now. So we're in Chapter 2. So this is something that I want you to get. Uh, one day the angels came again to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan, the accuser, came with them. Okay? Now notice that he has this, he has this title, Satan, the accuser. Now what I want you to catch on there is that he's the accuser of the brothers. And what he tries to do is sow discord. He tries to sow division because he's not stupid. He knows that there's power in unity. And so he tries to make that a tactic by creating divisions. You know, it's not that denominations are, are, are a problem at all, just like the body of Christ. Or one part's a leg, one part's an arm, one part's a shoulder, one part's a knee, one part's of the back, one part's the front. It's not that that's the problem. It's that those divisions that are in the body should not be reasons of separation. And that's what the enemy's done. You see what I'm saying? So there's a huge, huge difference in him being the accuser of the brother and splitting people up. All right, we are going to try one more time. Is that we're going to try? You ready to try this? Let's go ahead and send the person through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. This is Fred. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Fred. How are you doing? Doing fine, sir. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that, my brother. All right. Not a difficult one because we're looking for the wife on this one. Whose husband sold a field and pretended to give all the proceeds to the apostles? I believe that young lady's name is Priscilla. That is correct, Amanda! 
So if you listen to a rock band uh, long, long ago uh, called the Resurrection Band, they called her Sapphira, Sapphira, and uh, and it's just funny because of how it was uh, Sapphira and uh, Ananias, and they did a whole song on that. And that's funny because it's only because the rock band was from the West Coast that they came up with that saying. <laughs> it could be Sapphira, Sapphira. That's all good. Depends on where you were born. If you were born on the moon, you'd probably go, huh? So I mean, it's just yeah. <laughs> just depends on where you're from. So how you doing, brother? How are things for you? I'm I'm doing fine. Uh, I'm just praying for you and your station. I pray that God will continue to bless you and prosper you. Amen, brother. Amen. I, I just I just receive all prayers in the name of Jesus. I just pray you keep on firing away for me. Okay. Amen. God bless you. Have oh. a wonderful day. All right. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. All right. So uh, now let's go back into the text. Satan answered the Lord. I've been going back and forth across the earth watching everything that's going on. Again, this does not make Satan omniscient. He's watching. And for those that are sitting there thinking, well, Satan doesn't know how to trick people. Uh, In the garden, he scored victory. You think he's lost his ability to know how to trick people? Right? No. He's been dealing with man for thousands of years. He knows what's going on. And then God says this, the Lord has to say, have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man on all the earth, a man of complete integrity. He fears God will have nothing to do with evil and has maintained his integrity. You see, that's the key, and that's what we're going to exit on. He maintained his integrity. And notice, he didn't just have integrity. He didn't just have a moment of integrity. He had a lifetime of integrity. And Satan tried to stop him. But he could not. He maintained it. Satan could not take away Job's steadfastness in God. Now, again, we'll, we'll cover this a hundred times. He, he did blow it when he justified himself rather than God. But he maintained his integrity. He did not curse God. He did not reject God. He disagreed with God. <laughs> This is, this is substantially the difference. But he maintained his position. He recognized all throughout this process who was rightly in charge and how it should go. And then he told God, do it different next time. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that teaching a little later on. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Uh, let's get into our text. Colossians chapter. We covered everything, right? Okay. Colossians chapter 3, verses uh, two through four. Whatever you do, or I'm sorry, it's uh, actually Colossians three twenty four. Whatever you do, do it enthusiastically. Is something done for the Lord and not for men, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord because you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture tells us that whatever we do, now I've, we've gone through this a couple of times and we have to go through it uh, multiple more times to really grasp it. But that phrase, whatever we do, happens to mean whatever we do. That's what it means. And we're supposed to do it enthusiastically, with an eagerness, not with an obnoxiousness, with an eagerness to do it as unto the Lord. So the things that we're required to do that we have to do, there should be a disposition, an attitude of enthusiasm that is connected to the Lord. It's not that you like 
to do everything, but if you can understand that in the doing of it unto the Lord, you're doing it with a different priority in mind. You understand that? In other words, what you do, do it unto the Lord and do it with this attitude of a full heart and an eagerness. I had somebody, I'll say her name, Susie Lopez was at KPRZ. She was the direct marketing director. Uh, Susie did the marketing director for San Diego. She said something to me one time that was so profoundly simple, it was irritating. Because I had to do something for a client because that's what you had to do at Salem. And I was like, blah. All right. So she said, Dave, she goes, if you can't get out of it, get into it. And it was like. That was really good advice. If you can't remove yourself from it and you have to do it, at least do it right. I mean, do what you're going to do and do it with the right attitude. Do it with the right spirit. Do it with this uh, uh, better mindset. And I think she was more right than wrong. No, I'm not talking about doing bad things or anything like that. So stop. That's, that's weird stuff. I'm talking about doing it as unto the Lord and recognizing that when you do it that way, it is from the Lord and only the Lord that you will receive the true eternal reward. You might uh, go through whatever your process is, but when you do it as unto the Lord, you can recognize that the Lord is the one that brings the reward. And that's just living your life for the Lord. That's just good, right? I mean, that can't be a bad thing. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. You like it? K double A man. See, I can do it soft. It's K double A man. That's the jazzy one, right? So you're doing the jazz one, right? Welcome back to the David Spoon experience. I was just having fun. All right. Uh, bottom line, we're going to send you up to the website because now the website thing is working. Here's the bottom line on the website, uh, which we already sent you there once, twice, three times, four times, five times. Uh, uh, the sound is working, so we want to play it again. Website, give. Website, give. Plus, 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 plus. We might be opening this up for people to share their testimonies, either through the website or on the show. So just be in prayer. These are the kind of things we need. Go ahead and play the, the website. Prayer request. Amosincrease.org. Praise report. Amosincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Amosincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? He must increase.org. He must increase.org. <sighs> Somebody sitting down on a whoopee cushion. No? Okay. Uh, here's your trivia question. At the wedding of Cana, who told Jesus the wine had run out? <laughs> I love questions like this. Okay, so at the wedding, who wanted to Jesus said, eh, we got to make a run. <laughs> Come on, people. At the wedding of Cana, who told Jesus the wine had run out? If you think you know, that's a, that's a great question, by the way. Uh, if you think you know, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483 or send an 
email david at he must org. So I'm going to say something that uh, uh, a lot of people are going to disagree with, but it's okay. I mean, you don't you, you don't have to agree with everything I say. I think we've made that plain. Now we do have somebody that's calling, and we'll get them in a second. But I just want you to understand: you just have to listen to it. You have to process it. Everything that you hear from a preacher, everything you hear. Now, if you read it in the Word, and the Word speaks to you, and the Lord speaks to you through the Word and the Holy Spirit, you have to obey that. You have to respond to that. But you'll find out that there are different things. We arrive at different conclusions, and and it's. You know, there's there's this part of me that that believes that God is more greatly connected to us on the intimacy level than just just on the holiness level. It's not that God's not connected to us on a holiness level. It's that He also created us, and He knows what we're like, and He knows how we function, and He knows what we do. And so sometimes what you'll find out is that there's uh, there's these human responses to the Lord. Uh, that we have, and I, I disagree with some theologians. I don't think God is offended when we're being real. In one passage in uh, in Samuel, it mentions that King David was both afraid, and the very next verse it says he was mad. He was afraid of God, and then he was mad at God. And why I bring that up is because I think we've become um, overly religious in how we engage with God. There are times where you sit there and you go, I just don't, I'm not getting this. And there is nothing wrong with with having that engagement with God. There's something wrong with blaming God. There's something God, wrong with accusing God. There's something wrong with charging God. But there's nothing wrong with talking to God. And you, you can't just think of the Lord as this entity, like he's some kind of, uh, like he's some kind of uh, alien artifact on some other planet or something. It's like, listen, you were created in the image of God. There are things inside of you that God took of Himself and poured into you, and you, as part of that creation, you are you are not just encouraged. You were created for the engagement with God. Now, you were created to believe, and you were created to engage, you were created to obey, and all those things are absolutely true. But you are a human being, and every person from Abraham to, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, from Moses, from David, from, from each person, and all the way through, and then just think of the disciples. Everybody comes before the Lord and goes, well, I don't get this, or what is this, or I don't understand this. That's not a sin. To ask God is not a sin. To accuse God is a sin. To ask God is part of your relationship. So I look at this uh, engagement between Job and Satan and the Lord, and I, the, the thing that strikes me is that there's no challenge that this is taking place. In other words, Job's talking to God. It's, it involves, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Satan's talking to God. There's no challenge. There's no weirdness there. They're having this conversation. They're having a kind of a battle royale. And, uh, and Job's a part of this, and they're all a part of that process. This is normal. And God even says to him, even though you persuaded me to harm him without cause. It's not as though the Lord said, Job did something bad, so I punished him. God was bragging about him. And so I, I've asked people this, you know, what if God was bragging about you in the midst of your trial? Do you think you'd do a little better? And they go, yeah, if God was bragging about me, I'd do better. Well, this is in the book so you can know that it happens. That God does brag about you. Isn't that cool? It's like, uh, yeah, 
That's right. You don't brag about me. I do a lot of dumb things, but here I am. I mean, I love that. That's the human engagement. You get that? All right. Somebody ready to answer the triv there? Yes? They have another question for you. They have another question on top of that. All right. Send them on through. Send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello, David. This is Stephen. Hey, Stephen. How are you? I'm okay. I did not answer the trivia question. I just had a question. Okay. If I, and if I can answer it, I will do my best. And if I can't, you will hear me say, I got to get back to you on that, right? Very quickly. <laughs> okay. Um, you talk about talking to God. Uh, I understand that the Hebrews, Israel, people of Israel, were afraid to use God's name completely out of whatever fear, reverence, whatever. I look back at the Ten Commandments where it says, do not use God's name in vain. And Solomon says, everything is about vanity. You're breaking up, Stephen. Ah, uh, he's breaking up. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't. Steven. Steven, you break your you know what? It's breaking up too much. It's just a little too hard to hear. I'm sorry. That's okay. You're it just it's we only we're only catching so many other words. And so it's really okay, um, Is there a way to ask me? <laughs> is there a way to All ask me it? real fast? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just wanting to know if there was a relationship with Solomon saying that everything is vanity, uh, um, and basically nothing is worth anything. And the Israelites' fear of using God's name completely, uh, only using parts of it, with relation to that and the ten, the, one of the commandments that says, do not use God's name in vain. Right. So... So, Just wondering if there's a relationship between all of that. Yeah, and, and my, my most immediate answer would be no. I know that sounds terrible, but no. But there is a relationship between the reverence part of his name and and how they engaged in you know with the Lord. But the the Lord's name in vain, the problem there is that the way that people interpret it is that nobody can use the name of the Lord like when they're talking, and that's not what it meant at all. It meant that you could not do anything in his name that he did not sanction. In other words, you could not use his name in vain. You can't say, and God told me to do it when God didn't tell you to do it. And so people will use it as probably like the swear word or the curse word. And it's like that's interesting, but that's not exactly what's being said. You can't take any actions or any any vocational uh, responses in God's name without God giving the sanction of it. That So that's kind of a separate thing. Then the Israelites not using the Lord's name in vain is because they didn't want to break the law, so they separated even further than the law. So that they wouldn't even come close. That's what the Talmud was all about. It was like the, they had the word, then they had the Talmud, which was a commentary, and then they had the, the Mishnah, which was a commentary on the commentary, and they kept getting further and farther away from the law, even though that was not God's intent. But they were trying to do that to honor him. They just kind of went too far. And what I think is important is if you look at Adam and Eve and the creation, God's intent was for mankind to be able to talk and engage with God. That was the intent. What was lost was that was lost 
their position was lost because of sin, but the redemption of Christ enables that to be fully refunded in the context of us being able to talk to him uh, on a regular, we are regular people basis. And so I think King David knew, and that's why he had, that's why the Psalms were the Psalms, because he wrote so many of those Psalms to God and about God. So that's kind of how I would view that. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Well, you never know. Every once in a while, I can make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, brother. <laughs> I appreciate it, brother. <clears throat> All right. I don't know if he, he exited. So I, just, I hope that made sense. By the way, uh, still have the trivia question. We only have about a minute left. At the wedding of Cana, who told Jesus the wine had run out? Here's a hint. Jewish mothers are the best. <laughs> There's your hint. Come on. You got to be able to nail that. Down. Jewish mothers are the best. I think what Stephen brought up is a really good question. There's a, you know this idea behind uh, using the Lord's name in vain, and that's substantially different. It is substantially different than what we've used it at is you can't use it as a curse phrase or whatever. And what the scripture was saying is you can't go do something uh, action-wise and say God is behind it and have God not be behind it. That's the vanity part of using God's name. I, I'm doing this in the name of the Lord. Really? Did he tell you? No. Well, then you're using his name in vain. That's really what that comes down to. And the answer to the trivia question, by the way, at the wedding of Cana, uh, who told Jesus that the wine had run out? Uh, Mary, his mom, did. <laughs> said, wine, wine, we need to make a wine run. That's uh, that's what she said. And no, it wasn't grape juice because the better wine came out afterwards. And they were all like, no, usually people have good, good wine in the beginning and they can't tell the difference. That's not grape juice. Thank you. All right, we are going to take our break, finish up for the day. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience. Right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a 22 and a half hour break, then we'll come back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.